For almost a decade on my TV show, Interview with Ed, I've been interviewing extra-dimensional beings and consciousnesses from a number of different realms. Many of my questions have been answered, but with every answer comes more questions. Join me on my ongoing quest to find out who are we, why are we here, and where are we going? All right. Today we have a special guest, Jacqueline Smith. For all of you, for those who uh, don't know, I interviewed Jacqueline back in, uh, I think it was 2016, um, at the UFO Congress in uh, 2016 in, in um, Arizona. That was in Fountain Hills. And uh, I was speaking at that event uh, on the citizen hearing, and I was just sort of getting the show started. I had a couple episodes in. I had Rob and, and Wendy and Nora uh, under my belt, and, um, and it was fresh off of my uh, Mantis experience. So it was a real joy to um, get the validation of my experience and uh, to, to have the conversation with Jacqueline and, and Robert and... and um, and it was very spontaneous. Most people uh, probably don't know that. Uh, you know, most of my interviews, I sort of, you know, I, I prepare for them and I uh, call call the folks uh, and say, hey, we're going to do this. But for this interview, it was literally, I think I bumped into Barbara, uh, Barbara Lamb uh, and, and Jacqueline and Robert and, and some of the others in the Meet the Hybers book were presenting at the conference, just like I was. Um, and, uh, I heard, heard about them from, you know, uh, I sort of missed the first day I missed the presentation, but when I saw Mantis hybrids, uh, I was like, okay, I need to get an interview and uh, see what happens here. And, um, and I grabbed them both and uh, we arranged to do, I think it was like Sunday morning of the conference and we, uh, arranged to have them, uh, do, do our interview. And uh, so sort of went into the interview not having any real background on, on Jacqueline or Robert because I, uh, I missed the panel. I didn't read the book. I had just saw literally uh, Mantis Hybrid and that got my curiosity going. And uh, it, it turned out to be a really awesome interview and validated a lot of my experiences and what I was, uh, the downloads that I was getting. But uh, so yeah, let's introduce Jacqueline. Jacqueline, hello there. Come on, come and say hi to everybody. Hi. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this today. It's been a minute. And uh, as you heard in my intro there, um, I had no idea the, the richness of, your, of what you do. I had just heard Mantis Hybrid and I didn't know the background until we're getting into the interview and you mentioned... Uh, animal communicator. You mentioned uh, hypnotherapist, and I'm sort of like getting that information uh, in real time during the interview. So, first of all, explain some of your modalities that you dabble in and to our audience, and then uh, I'd love to go a little bit deeper. That uh, things that I missed in the interview that I found out later about about who you are. Yeah. So, I mean, I have I've been a hypnotherapist for. I'm over 20 years, and I do work with experiencers, um, supporting them in their journeys and listening to um, their experiences. And also, um, oftentimes, 
when I'm working with someone, I will receive messages from the beings who they were connected with or are connected with them. So I do what's called star origin readings, where I help people get connected to their original star families. Awesome. And, and so I've been doing that quite a while now. And also I've been doing a, a lot of work with light languages, star languages, speaking different star languages. Um, as a little girl on the ship, I learned many different star languages, which I can also call light languages. And so I do light language sessions with people, have a great time, uh, play the singing balls, and everything spontaneous. It helps them to align and become more of who they are, their authentic self in that. I also started playing around with star music, star music coming through me, <laughs> and also combining that with the particular star languages of that particular music. And so I'm just playing with that, which has been great because that shifts the DNA as well as the light language codes do. And so I've been playing with that. I do, I've done animal communication work for over 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, professionally, I, I still do that as well and love it. And, um, I work with um, people as well with just doing psychic readings, um, helping to be a support to them. And so I get to do a lot of wonderful, fun, amazing things with people. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you, you definitely, I think we have a lot of subjects we can talk about in, in this uh, sort of recap. But uh, first of all, since our interview, you know, I think it was what, 2016, um, the UFO Congress, Meet the Hybrids, the book's been out. Uh, we, we have Haruko here who's, who translated it into Japanese and got it out. She, she got it out to the Japanese audience. So I'm sure more uh, people out there know about the, um, the book as well. Uh, what, tell us about your experiences from having this, uh, bigger outreach. How have people responded and what has been your experience there? From Meet the Hybrids? Uh, meet the Hybrids, and I guess simultaneously my you know interview with Ed and the Gaia platform and those kinds of things. Oh, my gosh. Well, I uh, Meet the Hybrids ha has really awakened many, many people worldwide. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I um, have been lucky enough to receive lots and lots of emails. <laughs> People who have read the book and who are searching for answers for themselves and connecting with their experiences and saying, well, I experienced this. Now I know I'm not crazy. And, and so it's been, I think, a wonderful way of awakening people. And, and so, and since the interview too, I mean, my work has expanded greatly since Meet the Hybrids came out, since we gave the talk with Barbara Lamb. Mm -hmm. And, um, so people just continue to contact me, um, for the various services that I offer. Uh, well, first of all, how is Robert? Have you talked to Robert lately? Is what's yeah, he up we, to? We talk now and then we talk every couple months or so. And, um, he's living his life, but 
last time I talked to him, you know, he's doing really, really well. And he's busy working on this level. So in the interview, we talked about the Ascension event or Ascension in a sense, this, this big transformation that humanity is going through. Uh, Robert gave us this context of this giant uh, um, light from this black hole thing that is, you know, coming through uh, the universe. I've heard different ideas of that around, you know, uh, some sort of uh, great flash might be happening or some sort of, or, or like this uh, photon energy is hitting the planet through uh, through the uh, central sun and, and the different ideas of that. But clearly, uh, whether, you know, we have enough scientific data to prove all of that stuff, we clearly know energetically there's some big shifts happening on the planet. So sort of since 2016, just talking about it, and, and now we're actually experiencing it. Uh, and uh, I know you I sort of did the revised version of uh, your interview when uh, COVID hit. I was sort of doing the director's cut on Vimeo for um, from season one, and I took some of your one of your transmissions. I think was a more of a COVID transmission, and I overlaid it through new drone footage that I had gotten from Fountain Hills and stuff to sort of bring bring the uh, bring the old interview up to uh, a recent date. But um, a lot's happened since then energetically, and I'm just wondering, uh, so in conjunction with, you know, the original messages back then, how has the evolution uh, happened for you to see these things sort of come to fruition? Well, I mean, gosh, since we had the interview, uh, my experience is that more and more people are awakening mm. in all kinds of ways, and they are much more aware that that they are um, cosmic or star beings that, you know, they are not from Earth and that they are really getting more connected to their star families, expanding in ways that is allowing them to manifest more of their gifts, like um, lots of activations going on, more and more people becoming clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient. And so I think we're seeing a really a huge, huge shift to that. More and more people are speaking light languages all over the world. I'm hearing from a lot of those people, um, which is great. And to me, that is our next evolutionary step, or at least part of it, because, you know, light language bypasses the mind, the ego, and it, it works on all levels and that. It wakes up all our multidimensional selves and helps to integrate our multidimensional selves in a way right. that we were not able to do before. And I just see more and more people expanding, growing, um, really becoming more aligned with who they are. Um, for me, always aligned with divine love. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate to be aligned with divine love to look from the heart which is what the star beings are always telling me well in 2016 uh, i remember you mentioned light language and i had sort of uh i was just coming into you know all of this information really around you know 2000 what well, was it 14 when i started the show but my journey was sort of getting it in palatable bite-sized bits so i could uh, disseminate it and understand it and go to the next level and 
even then in 2016, you'd mentioned the light language, but uh, it took me a while to get to that episode. And I did do in season three, an episode all about light language. And, um, and even though we, I should have reached out to you, but I had this group uh, in, in uh, Arizona that I was working with and it sort of spontaneously came out through them. And I'm like, okay, I got to get, this is, I can't avoid this subject anymore. I need to grab a camera and start filming this stuff. And it's fascinating because worldwide, this phenomenon is uh, everybody's saying the same thing. It bypasses the ego. There are codes encoded into the sounds that are helping us energetically uh, sort of upgrade our DNA or our auric fields. Um, well, you have some light language there, right? Right. I receive transmissions from different star races and um, I draw them some of them i paint that they tell me what what to do every line is exact the way they want it to be and so i have hundreds of these that that i've drawn through the years and so i selected a number of them to put at my light language store so people can use them that they can be used for different purposes by setting intention they're, they're all multidimensional. They're drawn on paper, but they're multidimensional. So if someone sits with codes, I see them come off the paper and actually come through me and go my house. Wow. How does, how does that, uh, how does it come off the paper? Can you explain that? Well, they're multidimensional. Mm -hmm. And so when I drew these codes, the literal energy of the code are in what I have drawn energetically. Yeah, let's see it. And they're multidimensional. So this is one off the wall of the ship when I was, um, when I was a little girl. You see that? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Looks great. And this one's actually for bringing harmony and balance. Wow. And... And you, so you saw this as a, as a child and, and did you write it right away then, or did you just have it in, in your memory? I had it in my memory and as a little girl, when I saw this on the walls of the ship, um, it's really all holographic. There are really no walls of the ship, but, but I would hmm. stick my fingers in the light language codes because they're living, oh. they're living beings. And then they would jump off and I would dance with them and they would move through my whole body. And they would be raising my frequencies, which was just delightful for me. Another one that the man just gave me, this is for shifting DNA. This is very powerful. Um, they all are, but the mantis came intentionally actually one day on New Year's Eve. And they spent like a week with me here. They're here all the time anyway. Um, and um, gave this to me. Which oh, beautiful is pretty i felt it was pretty amazing and so actually i have put this one in my book so people could use it so um i was very excited about this when the mantis came and gave this one to me did they give you a little bit of a meaning or did you feel into what is what does that one represent this is for shifting dna okay specifically for that and shifting that to raise the frequencies 
And that's the one that you said in the interview. Uh, you said in the interview that that had came to you just before, a little bit before then. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and actually at the talk that I did with, that we did with Barbara Lamb, I had asked her to put this up on the screen because she was sharing uh, different PowerPoints and that. So this activated everybody who saw who was there. Oh, very cool. Very People came cool. up to me after we talked and were talking to me and saying, it felt really weird. I got all these feelings going on. I knew they were just being activated. So, so I'm going like, this is so cool. Cause the man, that's, you know, the man just said, put it up. And so Barbara's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, hopefully everybody's getting activated now. Cause I, I, I'd love to, uh, I'm going to, if, if later I'll get your permission, if I can to, to add that into the interview and I'll go back and update the Vimeo versions. Cause I didn't realize what an essential piece uh, you know, you talk about it and I'm like, oh, why did I not put that into the interview uh, or ask you about it again? I'm, it, you know, you watch these interviews 20, 30 times. And for me, editing them over and over every time I watch them, it's like a new piece of information that I that was just flew over my head. And then I'm like, oh, aha, I get it now. So uh, that's the beauty of I think the this information is um, it. it it comes to you when you need it, you know, as, as you understand it, you right. can kind of skim over it. If you, you could skim over it, but you can go back to it and get more downloads. Yeah. A lot of people frame these and put them in their homes because then it fills their whole homes with that energy. And then they can also work with that personally and set an intention for whatever they want to with that. So you, you as an animal communicator i just uh, sort of want to combine the two talks a little bit but let's let's deviate into the animal communicator talk a little bit uh, again at that time when you had said that i'm in the interview i'm like animal computer okay that's cool you know and not really fully grasping um <laughs> what is an animal communicator um i recently just did an interview with uh i don't know if you've heard of heidi wright who's out here on the west coast um she's a, a fairly well-known animal communicator so I personally have a lot more respect and understanding and uh, did, you know, I've gone in depth in that subject, but share with us, uh, share with the audience in case there's some, some people who don't uh, know that. What is an animal communicator? Well, what I'm able to do, and I've been able to do this building my, my whole life, is I'm able to hear what an animal is saying. I, I can know what they're feeling. Um, I can also, I can scan their bodies and see through their whole body because I work with people whose animals are having issues. So I'm able to clairvoyantly look through the whole body and pinpoint what's going on with an organ or whatever's going on. And so with the communication, it's obviously they're not talking to me in words. They're talking energetically, and then my brain is able to translate that into words so I can share that with the person I'm working with about their animal. And so I work with um, all kinds of behavioral issues. I work with animals physically uh, as well. I do healing work with animals, and I track lost animals. I pretty much work with every kind of 
animal being there is everything from cockroaches to dolphins to ants um and i write about this in my first book and it's it's um it's a wonderful uh gosh it's a wonderful connection because the animal beings do not have the ego stuff so when they communicate with me it's straight it's i love it it's straight telepathy like with this other star being. Well, how, how does, how do you differentiate? Is the telepathic communication, let's say, different from a cockroach to a, a, you know, a dog or a cat? They have different tones and each mm-hmm. of them are individuals. So one dog may be very chatty. Another dog might be straight to the point. Well, this is, this is what my person's doing. I'm not happy about this. Okay. Another one's like, no, I like to go for more walks around the woods. So just like people. Yeah, yeah. It's the same way. So they all have their different tone, which which I love. It's really fun. So I, I worked, um, I spent time in Africa. Uh, oh, cool. The mountains and sat with the gorilla, the mountain gorillas. And wow. Asian work with them. Um, and a number of animals in Africa as well, South America and Galapagos Island. Oh, wow. It's been just so much fun. But the communication work um, really supports the animal being mm-hmm. in, in a way that um, wouldn't happen otherwise. Actually, I was like the second original animal communicator in the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay. That dates me, right? <laughs> so when... Do people call you then? Usually, is it typically? Is it be, when people have issues with their animals and then they call you, or uh, as a someone and working in that field, how does that work? Well, they email me. Just okay. Yes, with again behavioral issues, or like a client of mine just called me. She goes, "I'm going on vacation for two weeks. Please tell my animals I'm going to be gone two weeks." And I have a way that I do that. I communicate with animal spirits mm-hmm. on the other side to bring people messages for their loved, beloved animal family members who have crossed over. So, and I do soul recovery work with animals and people. What, what is that? Can you explain that? Soul recovery work? Oh, uh, boy, yeah. So, soul recovery work, people and animals rapture out. I work with a lot of rescue animals. So when we, when people and animals rapture out, pieces or fragments go off and they don't just come back. So they're missing those pieces and they are not fully present. It can affect them behaviorally, physically. What I do is I'm able to see those pieces, clear them and bring them back and integrate them back into the proper bodies so that the animal can regain their fullness. And I got to tell you, it's so cool. I just get have such wonderful emails from people in response because it works just very, very quickly and just the behavior. I had one woman who was, she'd gotten a new dog and was attacking her other dog, jumping on top of her, around the neck, around the neck. Wow. need to pay attention to. Yeah. So I did a soul recovery on that dog in three days. That behavior was gone. And I communicated with that dog and said, this is not appropriate behavior. Mm-hmm. And it was done. So, soul recovery work is very 
powerful. I've been doing probably over 30 years and do it with people as well. But the animals are easy. There's not that ego. You know, what time are you going to do it? Do I need to like... Right, 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 right. Now that, should I be in a car? Right, what do I need to wear? (laughs) And the animals are just like, okay, let's do it. Mm. So um, I, I love doing that work. Are they usually responsive like that? They're ready to do that work? Or do you have yeah. to, do some of them give you a hard time? Um, they tell me. And if they're a little shy or not sure, I'd say just to put my heart, my intention is to be of service to you. And then mm-hmm. they usually just are fine. And I also use light language with animals because it, it works. It works great with healing. I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask that. So that's why I was kind of wanted to combine those two. Um, When you, as you said, the the letters or the, uh, the, the symbol sort of lift off the page. What do you see energetically when you work with animals in light language? How do the animals interact with those, uh, those codes or those symbols? So the animals are very open to it. So when I see the symbols or the, the codes, just flow through them and do the work that needs to be done. And with bringing the frequencies through my voice, it's shifting whatever needs to be shifted within all the bodies as well. You know, can, it works physically, emotionally, psychically, psychologically, and, and can just bring them back into, into their body in a way that maybe they're not because, um, most of us know really bad things happen to animals and that's the hard part for me as I see the stories that they share but then I clear that out so recovery all the trauma and then they can regain and the life does that does the animal kingdom in a sense the collective can they are, are you able to like communicate with that collective in the sense for how humanity, how they, how did Cause I'm always curious, how does the animal kingdom perceive humanity? I know we've done some really gnarly stuff to them. So they're like those humans, you know, what is so evolving. So the beings, the souls who are in these animal bodies are often more evolved than humanity is. So I've met some very high teachers who are in animal form mm-hmm. who are just amazing. And they are here. Um, actually, um, in the book I wrote, my second book, Star Origins and Wisdom of Animals, the dogs and cats talk about why they are in partnership with humans to help raise their frequencies and that. So they're very highly evolved beings. They're star beings too. They're not. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they tell me where they're from, um, just gave me incredible information while I was writing this book. I had all kinds of things happening, just amazing. So, and I work with, like with roaches, I had a construction worker call me, he goes, I don't want to kill the roaches, but I have to tear the thumbs down, da, 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 da. I go, okay. So then I communicate, I ask for the head of the tribe. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then I talk with them and say, this is the situation. If you are not out within a week, you will lose your bodies. You will be back in spirit form because 
these people are coming in, they have to tear the house down. Right. And, and I try and give them somewhere else to go. I tell the person okay. put some food or whatever out so that they have somewhere to go. And I've had this work really well. I had it work with termites and ants. Um, hmm. A friend of ants in our house. Yeah. They, I communicated with them and they all left. And I had, I had a year, years ago, I had a, some cockroaches in my house and I shouldn't have done this. I didn't know better at the time. I went, Oh, I love you guys so much. Well, <laughs> brought all their friends, uh, family. And I go, Oh, oh no. And I'm, I mean, my place is really clean. They were just like coming up from the basement and around. And right. so I'm going like, I love you guys, but. Right, right. They laugh. They laugh. So. Okay. Make sure that butt's in there. <laughs> Don't yeah. just say I love you guys. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll, they'll be coming in that's nonstop. Cool. Oh, that's that's awesome. Um, <laughs> could you explain the 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 mechanism? And we know tele, telepathic communication, but it for everybody, they've got a different, you know, clairsentience, clairaudience, all the different clairs. How do you communicate with the animals? And, uh, and I am assuming it might be the same way with the ETs, but for maybe yeah. since we're on the animal subject, how does that, how does it work for you? It is the same way. I have all the C's, clear one. So, so for me, it's natural to mm-hmm. communicate telepathically. Actually, for me, it's more natural to do that than all these words, you know, right, it's right. correct. It's, mm-hmm. it's correct and clear where words, mm-hmm. humans, get caught in misunderstanding the words, right? So, but it's, I'm just able to connect. I make a heart-to-heart connection with them and so that they know I'm safe. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them, I ask them questions to share their story or whatever. Oftentimes with the person, when a person thinks a particular thing about a behavior issue, it's not it. It's just that humans tend to project their point of view onto the animal you know and and so when one woman's like i know my animal's urinating on the couch because she's mad at me because i went you know went to work and i'm going like no that's not the issue and this woman um had a son who was Mm -hmm. angry all the time and the cat couldn't keep out the anger from the son and so it came out Sing on the couch, right? Yeah. So it's they pick up everything we think and feel. When, when you make, you said the hard connection. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm being a little specific here. Um, you said it starts with the heart. And uh, can you walk us through, like, what if we were wanting to make this connection with our own animals? What steps would we take to to get there? It's the same with star beings. Um, first, I get centered and grounded. I make sure I'm here in my heart. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is I send a ray of light from my heart to their heart. And for me, I, I feel that connection. Um, people will probably feel when that connection is made. There's a mm-hmm. flow. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, you can ask an animal a question. The key is uh, most people, well, most people have a hard time receiving. Mm-hmm. They're up here okay. waiting for the answer. Sure. 
instead of being empty like a glass and we stepped out mm-hmm. and just waiting to hear what the animal has to communicate back. It might be through an image, it might be through a thought, they might hear something. So for everyone, it might come back differently. Right. Um, same with the star beings. And so um, it's really very simple, but people sometimes make it hard because they're up here. I, I don't know if I really got this. I'm not sure. This is my imagination. And right. that's what I wanted. Not your imagination. Trust what you get. Because um, mm-hmm. animals, they're very good communicators. Yeah, it seems... Uh, yeah, it seems we, we, we got to get through some of our, our own communication issues before we can <laughs> make, open that, have that step. But, you know, I, I always, uh, sort of the reason I pursued interv- the interview with Heidi, um, was to me that, like you said, the mechanism is the same as connecting with higher dimensional beings, uh, coming, coming in from the heart and, uh, opening that space. And then, um, and then I suppose if you do that, I guess we have the physical beings here with the, uh, with our animals, you know, but to, to, to open the communication with the, the higher dimensional beings, uh, we don't necessarily need the, you know, the physical, it's just more of an image or an energy or frequency, right. That we can just tune into and connect with. Exactly. Everything's about setting intention. Sure. So setting that intention, when I teach workshops on animal communication, actually, um, we have an animal there, but I say, look past the form. I want you look, you know, looking into who this being is. Look, look right. past the cute puppy form okay. and, and go into the heart because this is a very highly evolved being and they want to make that puppy smaller. Keep it uh, stand as a puppy right. rather than a, a being, a soul. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Our our human minds want to human mind just oh, this is just a cute little puppy that doesn't know what's going on. When in fact they're hyper aware. Uh, when I was talking with Heidi about my animals, uh, and I shouldn't even say my animals because they they really are their own beings. Uh, but then the ones in my care, um. Yeah, they're like fully tuned into everything. Oh yeah, they're that... so they're they're really in tune. They see auras, they see energy systems, you know? and so I think actually they're very patient with humanity. They they are. I see Lucas has his hand up. Uh, Lucas, ch- ch- chime in here because you were you you got to experience the interview. You actually filmed the uh, p- part of the interview with Heidi. So um, jump in. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's it's amazing to connect with animals. Uh, lately, we've been kind of doing from a couple of weeks ago. Green and I have been diving more to the Tillian direction. It's been fascinating, but it there's been some indication there's a connection between the reptilians and cats, which was a whole new concept. And I was just curious if you got into more of animal connection in your Star Origins book. Is that something you talk about? Some of the the connections between the different ET species and uh, different um, animals. In my second book, these these animals, these beings came to me and asked me to write the book. 
Um, at the time, I didn't want to. I really want you to write this book. So in the book, um, I've shared, I've asked them a whole series of questions. And so what they share is where they're from, like the different dimensions they're from and um, what they look like, their families are like. Um, cats and dogs talk about their purpose here and that, but um, not in regard, I don't know if you mean talking in connection to what we think of as the humanoid starting or because there's a difference. So, uh, no, but please explain. Yeah. What? what well, I mean, there's so many other beings be be besides the humanoid looking ones that we communicate. Like when I was a little girl on the ship, there were plant beings that just moved around the ship. I mean, totally conscious. They helped with the navigation of the ship. And I love them. I, I would hug them and hang out with them on the ship. And there were some others that looked um, more animal-like. So, so I guess what I want to share, too, is when I, um, being a star being myself, I mean, we're all star beings. When I communicate with all these star beings, because I grew up on a ship, basically, I was on a ship almost every night until I was a teen, that um, they do not label animals as animals. They say, these are all equal beings. We don't have a category for animals. There are no lesser beings. We are all one. That's how they live. Wow. So on Earth, it's it's a whole different ballgame. That's was, why I wrote the second book. I think was that ship that you was you is your connection with the mantis beings like a dominant connection uh, as far as growing up? De definitely, um, my star parents um, were tall white Zeta masters. Um, on the ship because they created me as a hybrid. And they injected me uh, with seven different DNA um, from seven different races. But Mantis is definitely dominant. Mantises are here at my house all the time. And uh, I'm communicating with servings every day. And, but the pant, I, I saw Mantis because they crack me up all the time because to me they're endearing. They're highly intelligent. They can see the bigger picture of things. They can see, but they can also see the detail of things. And they're very funny. They have a great sense of humor and they um, are doing incredible work here with Earth and they love working with artists. They're very creative. They love work they're very creative so they love working with creative as well and so a quick story one morning i woke up in bed and i opened my eyes and there were seven mantis beings around my bed and i go hi guys that's just me I, hi guys i'm going what, what's up you know and they go we want you to get out and dance with us and i'm going like no it's too cold and it was like really cold they're going 
we want you to get up. Mm-hmm. So I got up and started dancing with them because there was a particular man to stand. Um, and the stands. They're in. It's oh, the, wow. So I'm dancing with them in my neck snap, and they had aligned my spinal column. So they're amazing healers, and I communicate with eight different groups of mantis beings that I define them by color because it's a frequency, but I'm in communication with like eight different groups of mantis beings. There isn't just one. So I, I love having them here. I, I love it. They're just like here. Well, um, sorry to jump in here. Um, so, so the, the, the mantis, I had my sort of, a uh, couple of experiences just before I, I had the interview with you guys, uh, you and Robert. And then since then, uh, they have returned, but only I've noticed, um, I had partaken in a couple of, uh, ayahuasca ceremonies after our, um, uh, interview. And they returned only in the ceremonies, really. Uh, I'm sure they're they're around me energetically, but quite prominent then. And not only for me, but other people, too, in the same ceremony experienced them. And also, I've heard many testimonies, people reaching out to me, obviously, because of the show, that they also, in an ayahuasca medicine journey, had them appear for them as well. I was wondering if you knew anything, what's the correlation between uh the ayahuasca medicine and, and the mantis and why are they so um dominant in, in showing up at that time for for people who like myself and other people who who've never had experiences with them yeah i'm not sure i know that i i think the ayahuasca opens the door mm-hmm. to have you know more experiences i feel like the mantis are really um what do i want to say they're communicating with many, many people. Yeah. So, but I think, uh, who knows, it might have been a group thing. I see, I see. They, uh, the, the time they came in, uh, I remember one time there was, uh, and it, ha- it happened to do with, I, I think, lang- language or sound because, uh, we were, this was, I was at a retreat and they were one of the musicians, part of the group musicians had received, uh, light codes, downloads, but in the form of symbols and, um, the night before, and then he came to me, he's, he was, cause he knew I was kind of the ET guy and he's like, uh, Ruben, I don't know what, I've never had this happen before, but I've got these like symbols that these beans gave me. And, and I said, I, whatever it was, my intuition just said, I think those are mantis beans. And then he's like, okay, well, what are we going to, I said, well, the next night that we planned for it, we were like, why don't you play the symbols on, draw them out on the gong. So there was a, he had, you know, one of the little gong things. So, so uh, we're in the middle of the ceremony, you know, we catch eyes, nobody else knows what's going on. Uh, And and he, he catches eyes with me and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this now. Um, so I, w- I kind of gave him the nod and I got into position and I, I was filming this, this is for another documentary. And, um, and he starts playing the symbols on, on, on the, um, plane or drawing them out on the gong. And it makes the 
craziest sound that you'd ever heard. I've never heard this, especially when you're on ayahuasca. Um, and, and then all of a sudden they start showing up, the beans start showing up in the room and I can see them and I'm like, oh my God, they are mantis beans. Um, and, and they were, uh, and then after that, the whole room just went nuts. Uh, I, a lot of energy, I think became, uh, exposed in a sense, the imbalances, uh, were exposed and people started, um, acting really weird and, uh, as they usually do in an ayahuasca ceremony. But I mean, this was this was intense and uh, I put the camera away because it was just got really weird. And, and then I just became an observer of the craziness. And I'm like, man, mantis beans, just stirring it up. So uh, I guess they have a, a way of, well, it was at that moment. And I've used this before in another, I had another interview with a, um, another channel who channels mantis beans, but I, I used the phrase, um, they are the facilitators of desire and what that, for me, what that, what that means is they can find what two people are desiring to experience and it doesn't matter where they are on the planet and they will orchestrate, you know, the, the light turning red at this moment. So these cars can go by. So they'll be delayed just enough. So then they can sort of navigate, bring these people together who have um, not similar desires, but s desires where if they brought these two people together, they would fulfill each other's desire, if that makes a sense. So, so they orchestrate these, these meetings and gatherings of people across the globe even, and, and they can sort of like their switchboard, their cosmic switchboard, where they're like, okay, no, put a, make that stoplight red you know if you've ever seen like enemy of the state or any of those movies where the you know the guys behind the things are controlling all the things right uh, all the societal things right the phone rings at this time and oh stop here and you know let that car go by and then go here anyways that's where my mind how they've shown me how how it works and and they um work through they can look through the praying mantises oh the the what? ones on the earth so a lot of people um, that I work with who are, you know, mantis origin, they, I mean, I hear amazing stories like the praying mantises will show up right before or right after I do a star origin for them. And right. um, they show up for me, though. I had a woman interviewed me for her book um, about the mantis beings, and I walked to my back door, and there was a newborn mantis right on my door that looked like an angel. Mm. The light was um, shining through the, the wings and that and, and going like, oh my gosh. So they, I, I've heard this from clients. One woman, um, she lived in Maine. This is during winter. She called me and she didn't tell me this beforehand, but I said, well, you're from, you know, your origin is mantis. And she starts screaming and I'm going like, said last night there was a praying mantis in my bathtub and there's no way it could have been there and i'm going yeah well they do that kind of stuff <laughs> so i i love it i love connecting with them and also um on my site the mantis came through me mm -hmm. 
with their clicking and all their sounds. And I recorded that along with their light language and notes on my site too. And then a free book on mantis beings is also at my site because I'm so down. So very, very cool. So now there are so we we experience one the physical version of the of the mantis here in that you know in the praying mantis form. But um could you explain the different sort of maybe densities, the different versions of the mantis being? Because some are non-physical, some are quasi-physical, some are more physical on some planets. There's different versions, right? Of of, of them. How does that work? I, I think it's the both spectrum. Mm-hmm. I mean, they helped to create the cosmic grid originally along some other being. And so, but they, um, my experience is they, um, they run the full spectrum. Everything from, you know, being able to become physical to the highest etheric form. Um, I got to meet like one of the original councils came to me there were like seven different mantis beings and they're saying well we helped to create other mantis beings and so they were just sharing with me that um you know that that they exist throughout the cosmos a lot of them do exist in the dimensions i mean there are some that are andromeda um, and some other places but majority of the ones that i communicate with are from all these various dimensions mm. you know and, and and i there's one group of mantis that i work with they're black mm-hmm. when i see them they're totally black and i'm going where are you guys from you know and they talked about coming from a black hole oh wow and they are very highly evolved beings who transmute bigger energies and can transmute ener- energy. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so it's interesting because the ones in the ayahuasca ceremony for me were black too. Um, oh, wow. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. And I didn't, at the time, I thought maybe it's just because it was dark and it was the shadows, but uh, I'm like, oh, maybe they were actually just, they were black. I just thought it was a, a shadow thing. Um, you you mentioned uh, that during the, the, wasn't your words, I forgot the exact word you said, but the, the, the matrix, the create, the, our, the current matrix we're in, they were responsible for helping design and create that with some other beings. Could you mention some of the other beings and sort of go into the creation of our matrix? Well, that, um, yeah, I'm talking about, you know, the cosmic grid. Cosmic grid. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess my, my terminology, I just like the, well, the matrix. Just yeah. to be clear on what we were doing. So. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Cosmic grid. Um, and, and so the angelic realm is very involved with the mantis mm-hmm. and also the dolphin, I call them dolphin light beings, mm-hmm. are also a part of that. Those three groups work together a lot. And on when when I was on the ship, I saw angels, I saw mantis, actually, and all, all kinds of beings. 
And it became clear to me, and they shared this with me, that in a sense, the angels oversee it all. And Elohim created the mantis. Then there was a council of mantis that then started creating other mantis beings and groups. And so, and there's lots of hybrids because, you know, through time or non-time, however you want, um, that, and, and I've been hearing this for years and years from the star being, that they will connect with another race, interact, join energetically, and create a new hybrid race. But I have met Mantis. I've met this beautiful Mantis angelic being. Mm. She's just gorgeous. And so she, she's a healer. She comes to me often and she's concerned about earth, the environment here on earth. So there's mm-hmm. groups that are doing different, the mantises are doing different things, the different groups. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and it's funny cause yeah, that was in my, this was part of my, in a sense, I was. I, I don't know if I was testing you guys or testing myself during that interview, uh, you know, testing my own experiences and, and asking certain questions and only revealing so much of my experiences until they were revealed, but you definitely confirmed them uh, in that interview um, because that was the download I got was that the uh, mantis were very, very close of a frequency to the angelic realm. Um in, in, and I don't know how that, you know, I telepathically came to me in that sense. And I don't even have that much experience with the angelic realm, uh, other than calling upon them. Uh, uh, like you had mentioned in the interview about Archangel Michael, I've been in a couple pinches with some dark energies and I'm like, Archangel Michael, come in and, you know, help me here. Um, and he has, and, and it's been pretty awesome. Um, but, it, it it is interesting that that correlation uh, or that connection, and you said they they work together. Is the first time I've sort of heard that before. Um, yeah. yeah, there are different races that work work together, but I they've been sharing this with me for years and years and years, and I, I get to see it all. You know, mm-hmm. they show me these things, and I'm just going like, wow, yeah, I'm not like to be there. <laughs> you know, I mean, I am, but it's. Um, and yeah, just so much unconditional love. Mm-hmm. From I work a lot with angels um, every day, mm-hmm. and, and the dolphin-like beings. I'm very close, um, very close to them, and they are awesome. You, you just you just mentioned Octarians. Do you work with the Octarians as well? Not a lot. It's okay, not. Um, I have Octarian in me, mm-hmm. so I understand that. But for whatever reason, you know, I think we all work with whoever, whoever we're meant to work with. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, they all come and communicate at different times, and yeah, and that's just so amazing. And you, you as an animal communicator, have you communicated with dolphins? Yes, and. Um, actually I was, um, interviewed for a documentary 
and filmmaker in the UK. And um, hopefully that will be out soon in terms of my working with the interdimensional dolphins. And mm-hmm. also in a past life, I was dolphin, you could say dolphin humanoid. I could like be fully dolphin back and forth. So oh, anyway, wow. I received a story of the dolphins coming to earth before earth was physical and i have that download actually for free at my site it's called imea where i speak it in in the dolphin light language and also tell the story in english like oh sweet so because it, it felt important to share so i adore the dolphins they they are very very highly evolved beings the dolphins here are very very Distant cousins, you could say. Distant cousins to humans. Distant cousins to the dolphin-like being. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. Dolphin-like being. Okay. And and you said they were here, uh, were they here before humans? Yes. Okay. And yeah, they, they came and actually helped to <clears throat> create the oceans here on Earth. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So... In a sense, there are elders. Yes. Very oh, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I work with a group of the elders from, I, I work with a group from, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I get emotional sometimes about this. But yeah, I work with a group from um, where, where the Lyran system is. Okay. And they talk about um, coming here when Earth was light. And creating the oceans and then everything that happened, but they're back in the oceans now and have temples in the ocean, you know, and in the Imea, which was me in another life and talk about the temples because it's really important. And they went, they awaken people with their, their songs or clicks. And. Well, it was said during the Atlantean times, it's said that there seemed to be more of a um, connection with our civilization or the humanoid civilization and and the dolphins and that they actually were um, sort of, they designed a lot of temples uh, in Atlantean cities. They would allow dolphins to come in and and sort of be in those uh, zones. Is that, does that resonate or... Yes, yes. Okay. Definitely. And this story came to me. I mean, this was long before Lemuria was. Okay. That's why I, I loved it and recorded it. And I thought, I'm just going to put this on for people to listen to if, if they want to. And it's a video. It has my webmaster did an amazing job um, putting this video together of dolphins with the light language. Oh, cool. So, I, I missed that. I'm definitely after this going to have to go check it out. Yeah, please do. Sweet. And I recommend everybody do the same. I'm just thinking about all the, the dolphin stuff. So just one one thing, I'm glad we're we're kind of going in. in the, I'll open up to questions if you guys want to get ready and start raising your hand. Um, I just wanted to touch upon one thing uh, to clarify, because I think a lot of people who watched our interview... Um, might have because i started going in i started the interview right off with like tell us about the different dnas in in humanity and we you know we mentioned the anunnaki story which i think a lot of people have covered anunnaki and all that but 
one thing that I, I'm realizing that our community and the UFO community, especially in the uh, sort of the more of the mainstream UFO community, uh, reading, uh, you, you know, then uh, Danikin's books and the other, you know, these, these sort of the mainstream ufology guys, right. And they're ancient aliens crowd. They, they seem to be hyper-focused on the Anunnaki story, which, uh, is just one of many stories, right. It's not even like the origins of humanity go way before the Anunnaki and talking about, uh, Lyra and, our oceans and dolphins and uh, just could you give us a couple um, words about how vast humanity is and how it's not limited to just the Anunnaki story? Yeah, I, I think there were um, a number of star beings who were interested in humans mm-hmm. and created humans and had good intention. Mm-hmm. And it feels like to me that that was whatever happened that those kind of got thwarted by other beings who came in <laughs> who had other intentions. You know, every there's the full spectrum of intentions that races it. Right. So I I think um so I get that there were a group a number of beings who had a hand in this, but but just kind of got pushed aside or um, overtaken. Right. In general, uh, I guess it seems you know we weren't all born into slavery, which uh, no, some I, some some of these stories go on those tangents of. Of oh humanity, the reason we've got all of our slave issues is because we were born into it, and it's like whoa whoa wait a minute no humanity goes way back. Yeah, I don't resonate. Yeah, yeah. I don't resonate with that. And again, I mean there are lots of beings who were coming to Earth long before, like you said, before that, and who were right. in the Earth, and and so um, dolphin-like beings for sure, and the mantis. Mm-hmm were definitely a part helping the grids uh, create the rest for earth. Right. Right. Exactly. And it was done in, you know, love and and really, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. That's, I think it's so important because, you know, as many people are getting this information and just started coming onto the ET story because of what's out there in the mainstream, they uh, automatically identify, and me included in the beginning, you know, it's like, oh, Anunnaki, they created us and we're, you know, but then, then there's a, there's a set of baggage that comes with just subscribing to that story. So it's much more vast and big, bigger than that. So uh, I'm glad I, I just wanted to in, sort of in, yeah, I've, put that into the audience. <laughs> I've never resonated with that. I yeah, just yeah. never resonated with going hours. I'm glad because I, likewise, I, I, I don't resonate with that story either. And, and you having this, this direct connection with the Lyrans and with the dolphins, the ancient elder dolphins and these other things. It's, it's so cool to hear I, that side of the story. I spend time where I just go back and sit and be with that lifetime for lifetimes that I had there when I was swimming as a dolphin mm. and, and, um, just amazing beauty 
mm-hmm. and my skin was blue and and so it was they are wonderful wonderful memories and some days i would just like to go back there but yes it's it's um all unconditional love and just so much beauty and again i worked i was there's a council where um high priests and priestesses um who are all from there Mm. helped create all this here on earth very cool awesome very cool yeah well, I'm going to open it up to questions. We have Cara. Go ahead and hop in there. Hello. Thank Hi. you. Thank you so much. It's so nice to meet you in person or on the camera. Right. Camera <laughs> person. Um, I don't necessarily have a question, but I just wanted to share I um, that I have a couple of your your light code canvases. Oh, oh my gosh. And um and I got them last month and my mother-in-law was here from England and she's very um earthly <laughs> and that doesn't resonate. Like I don't talk to her about like aliens or UFO like we have very grounded discussions. <laughs> Um, but I, I don't remember why, but I, I was like, do you want me to put these in your room while you're here? Because they're really powerful energy and you may just enjoy them. They feel really good. And she was like, I think I would like that. And so she put them there. We were looking at them together and she was like, I can't believe how I feel. She's like, this is so wild. Like I, she had no frame of reference for it, um, but she knew how she felt. And um, and so it was a really powerful experience. It really opened something up for her. I mean, she's about to be 80. So she's, you know, had a lot of life experience about what she thinks life is. Sure. And um, so it was really, it was really beautiful. I just wanted to share that because they are they're very powerful. Now I have them in my room. Um, but they're, they're beautiful. And I, I enjoy, I, I just finished actually, actually, it's funny. I've, I've, I've had a couple of sessions with you and I've had you on my podcast. I was going to say, I remember you emailing me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we haven't been able to see each other before, but, um, but I just read while I was on vacation, the, your first book with the animal communication. Yeah. And, um, and that was really beautiful. And I love how you, you talk about how to do it. So there's a lot of like guidance and you got, you went into some of that today too, but, um, and meet the hybrids. I, I read on the vacation before that actually, (laughs) I think I'm like a groupie. (laughs) That's fine. You'll have to to check out my newest book. I mean, I, you know. My What's group. that one? What do you talk about in that one? Um, my life experiences as a hybrid. Oh, yes. No, I did read that one. Actually. <laughs> I read it before I interviewed you. Yes, I'm sorry. Sir, being okay. in here. Okay. Yes. okay yes. Yeah, actually, I was going to mention that book uh, later, but we're, since we're on that subject, um, yeah, tell, tell, us about, tell us about the book, um, uh, Jacqueline. Let's 
what what is what is it about? Yeah, thank you so much. I Oops. I really um, wanted to share my story with others to support other experiencers, hybrids, um, starseed. You know, kind of all the same. So in the book, um, I talk about being a child and being on the ship as a child. Why? Um, I called myself a hybrid in the bigger sense of hybrids, but I was genetically altered. So I have that in my DNA. And so in the book, I talk about my experiences on the ship. I talk about, um, light language. I talk about all I learned in classes at night on the mm-hmm. ship. I was in the class, in the class with eight other children and the awesome experiences. Um, we got to have like learning telepathy together, making energy balls and playing catch with energy balls, which was great fun and, and being, oh my gosh, in a, a subspace bubble outside of the ship, just hanging there in the cosmos. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That many have experienced that or remember experiencing that. Teaching us about quantum physics and showing us earth and um it, it was just amazing so talk about that and i i talk about my hybrid children many hybrid children and also talk about experiences i had in 2013 during thanksgiving which are phenomenal i mean where the star beings came first night they were here i saw seven ships around my house and they, um, that would take two hours just to talk about, but everything started shifting in my house because the electromagnetic fields of shit came out of a portal by my house and flew over my house. Whoa. There and watched it. And, and I had crystals moving all around my house. Objects were moving everywhere. Um, I saw a star being, a, a number of star being and going on. A, a mothership and had incredible experiences there. Um, had healing with my eyes. And so I talk about that and share some photos that happened with an object here. I have a owl statue and it changed on a molecular level after the ship flew over my house. And so I put that in the book too. And, um, so I, I just want to share all my messages and share messages from the star beings. So, um, and I put light language codes in that for people to review and at the beginning of each chapter. And so I was very excited to do that. One is for peace and one is for joy. Mm. So it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like your life story in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I really wanted to. You know, share that with others and hopes that it will support them when I talk about ascension. Yeah. In the man of beings. Awesome. 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 We have a couple more questions, but just before we hop in there, since you touched upon it, uh, so your hybrid children, um, that's a subject we've touched upon in this, in the, um, uh, series quite a bit. Um, how, how are these programs going and, and what, where, 
where do you see that? I know the Zeta has a big program, but I know some of the other beans too have different programs. Uh, what part I should ask, what, what programs are you part of? Probably all of them. And, uh, and where, where are we at in that stage uh, of, of uh, our reconnection or how is that, is that uh, things have shifted, I think, from when I first started talking about the hybrids like almost 10 years ago. Well, they're evolving just like we're evolving. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, on the ships, they're evolving on the ships or in other right, dimensions right. And, and elsewhere. So, my hybrid children, um, the number of them are in other star systems doing their missions. So, I do have a, a hybrid child here mm-hmm. who they integrated on Earth. Oh. So, that's what they're working. Um, to some extent, is integrating more of some of those children to help raise the frequencies here to help humanity evolve. And so I, I Kate, telepathically with my hybrid daughter. Mm. Um, she lives, she's in another country. And, and so I think, you know, it depends on what race you're talking about, too. Right. You know, I was injected by the tall white state of masters. Not to be confused with the tall whites in Nevada that Charles talks about. Oh, right, right. Those are more human, uh, more human-looking tall whites. Yeah. Correct. So, um, so you know, I was created an injection. Mm-hmm. Um, my hybrid children, when I was younger, they implanted and then took them out, and they had a way of doing it that was awesome just with light and just lifting the embryo out and then they took a strand of my hair like during the thanksgiving experiences like all them took a strand of my hair created more hybrid children from that because my dna is in a strand of hair sure and then i had this awesome experience on the ship with a mantis where the mantis and i joined energetically and created hybrid children like right then and there I saw these little hybrid things, little, I shouldn't call them cute, these, <laughs> these baby mantis beings. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then right before my eyes, they start growing up. Wow. Five minutes, they're teenagers, because the mantis beings are genetic, you know, masters, they know. <laughs> and so they can grow the beings however quickly they want to. Wow. So fascinating. I think again, it depends on what race you're talking about. Sure. And what they're doing. But this was my experience with creating the hybrid children. And, um, I love my hybrid children a lot. And, um, and so you, you said you're in communication with the one in that's on earth are you how about the other like the mantises and others are you in communication with them as well it's i can communicate wherever i want very cool just natural for me to be able to do that and i'm always telling them i love them all they know i'm their mom that's awesome they go you know you're our mom and i like to think of them as kids but they're not kids they're He's highly evolved beast. <laughs> right, right. One, one of the boys, like boys, um, one of the beings is doing like all this, like kind of an engineer. 
using light and building all these pathways of light through all these different dimensions. I mean, that's what it was worked at. Super cool. Super cool. I have a, a cool. an interdimensional, extradimensional sun. That's um, right. <laughs> that you can call on any time and like, hey, you know, what, what work are you doing right now? Um, I think, I think, uh, I think we all have those kids around. We just need to tap into them a little bit more. Um, Cynthia, did you want to hop in and ask a question? Yes, please. Hi. Um, I'm Cynthia. Uh, it's lovely to meet you. I just wanted to share a little the power of what you were talking about with the, the mantis showing up for people before like coming into contact with you or working with you and things like that. And just the power of the synchronicity of the mantis and the downloads I've been having about the Elohim and the, the prevalence of it in my life. And the thing about it is, is I had not seen your episode with Ruben. I did not know you were going to be here. And just the last month leading up to this and it's just so lovely to hear from you and learn about your work. And I'm so excited to to get into your book. And I just wanted to share a little bit of the power of that because. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Tony, you had your hand up. Go ahead. Jacqueline, Tony Gazi here. It's so good to see you again. Ruben, Hi, of course. Tony. How are you? Uh-huh. I'm good. It's so good to hear your voice as always. Oh, thank you. You too. Of course. Of course. It's really good to meet you guys. Um, um, Jacqueline may know that I'm that I'm the gatekeeper. Uh, well, or, um, um, or I think I was told I was the gatekeeper um, of the Antari system. So I connect like with mentis beings, you know, a lot. Uh, but last year during we had um, the cicadas here in Washington D.C. and like during the cicadas, I saw three ships in broad daylight. It was this very. It's almost like a sun, but a white, 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 bright light. It's very small, like tiny pin. It kept rotating, 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 and it would um, like disappear, and it becomes kind of a silver ship, and becomes super, super, super white, and just kept going. It came three like times in a span of a week and a half, and I was wondering, like, since you've been on those, have you like visually like seen the ships like from the outside, or were all your experiences from inside the ship? Well, mostly inside the ship. I have been on Mantis ships, which are, I call them light ships. Okay. And, but they can appear if they want to, you know, they can come into this density and appear. Okay. The Mantis have light ships and, but the Mantis can also set their attention to be wherever they want to and just be there. But on the light ships, they can set that intention and I don't know what the right word is, but kind of hyper jump to wherever they want to be and appear to who they want to appear to. Okay. Um, Cause I have this recorded. I'm happy to send it to you if you want to see it or a group, but this so you can get an idea on three separate occasions. Um, uh, and then like, since that time I have the ability and like a sense to call in ships. I have a, um, a night vision camera. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would get called in the middle of the night, like 2 a.m. I just, I just wake up and like go outside, I lay on the floor and I just have my little camera and I just watch these ships flying by, which is amazing. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to see because I felt like it was meant to be, but I didn't know how their ships would look like. 
Uh, because when they appear to me, like they give me like the face of like the mantis head. And then I see these uh, like still, yeah, like literally like just a triangular head. And then, um, um, yes. Uh, and then I would see like these light silhouette bodies that are like 10 feet tall. Um, yeah. So like that was my image of them or how would they appear oh, to me? That's them. They're telling me I'm, they're around here. They're in my house now listening to all this. And they're okay. saying, yes, definitely. So. Okay, awesome, awesome. <laughs> Super cool. Thanks, Tony. That that reminds me, uh, Jacqueline. So we we have a, a group here in Southern California um, where we get together once a month and we do uh, CE5s. Are you familiar with the that term in uh, calling, sort of calling in? We sit in meditation yeah. and, and call in ships. And uh, I was going to ask if you had any tips. You mentioned the heart thing, and we definitely we 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 go into our hearts with our meditations and things. But uh, anything else to help move that, make that connection? For me, um, I think the heart is the key to set a clear intention, and maybe as to who you're calling in. You know, you want to call in the most highly evolved light light beings, right? Yeah. Um, but if someone's in fear, that can kind of block mm. them from coming in. So because their intention is never, um, they don't want to scare anyone or anything. And, and they kind of know who's ready and who's not mm-hmm. have that experience. So if someone in a group is in fear, that, that can block the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, so, but I think just being, one in love and opening to that, you know, inviting with with love to the highest, highest, most highly evolved light being. Awesome. I've noticed in our groups here in Southern California because it's we're still it's still kind of new, and we get new people coming into our our groups, and we have a couple that have been. Uh, I think Mike, who's here on the call, he's you know he's been almost every one. Um, and, and, the and what I've noticed is that we, as a group, we're not really, some people might see things individually, but as a group, we haven't had that big experience yet. But then what happens is then we, we sort of call it a night and like, okay, everybody go, you know, we usually camp out in this, uh, in the area. And, um, but individually, then people would have their own experiences later at, at night or, uh, and then we'll come back in the morning and we'll share. So to me, that was a sign that perhaps some of the members of the bigger group weren't ready for that big experience. I'm picking up. Yeah. And some people think they're ready. It's interesting. With with connecting with, um, their star families and that, and they say, I'm ready. They can show up in my bedroom right now. And I'm going, well, wait. I know you think you're ready. Right, right, but right. When they really show up. Yeah. You know, and and so I tell them to um ask the star beings to come in a way that is comfortable for that person, like maybe in a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, to start with something like that. Right. Um, and so I worked with one woman um, I met her at a conference and she was all excited and let's do this. And, and then, um, she came back to me 
She goes, I'm inviting them in. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. He came back and said, I'm totally freaked out. I told him to go away. Right, right. Don't freak out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so let's start again. You know, you need to be, you know, just focus on love, ask them to come in a way. They showed up the next mm-hmm. night, but, you know, oh, in a way that, that she could digest. Sure. And so we have to be careful what we asked for. Right, right. Sometimes with with all of that, and I love seeing the servings. Um, I had a nanny on the ship, kind of a nanny who I called Sandman. He was a blue Octurian. Zeta. Mm-hmm. And during my Thanksgiving experiences, he showed up like right next to my backyard, blue in the middle of the night. I'm out oh. there like three in the morning and I'm going like, Oh my God. And he was like jumping behind the tree and coming out because he was shining. And I'm like, just come out. And I'm going, <laughs> I'm glad my neighbors are asleep because they were to <laughs> call somebody. God, I love you. Come on out. <laughs> oh. But I, I saw him. He was like quasi physical. Mm-hmm. So, did he come out for you? Yeah, he did. Okay. And I was like, me, I'm like happy, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. And when they asked me a mothership, yeah, are you kidding me? Here I am, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. So I'm a little different. In, sure. Maybe in that way. Um, but, but yeah. Asked, you know, you invite them in and what you're ready for. But yeah. Makes little sense. Yeah. We agree. Well, well, even me, I mean, I've, I've been, um, for example, that, that t- going back to that ayahuasca night, the, uh, the, the writing on the symbol, writing the symbols, you know, here I am the ET guy in a sense, not, not as much as you, but, you know, <laughs> doing these interviews and I got to show on Gaia, right? And even me, I'm like freaking out. You know, when the guy he's drawing the symbols and there's this the room and I'm like, oh my God, you know, parts racing a miles a second, you know, thinking, you know, there's curiosity mixed with fear, mixed with excitement. There's this, all these emotions just stirring and stirring. And, um, and it's, it's easier said, you know, even when you're exposed to this stuff all the time, then to actually, when you have that experience and you're just trembling and, you know, peeing your pants, in a sense. So, oh, yeah, right. Because the mind, it's unfamiliar. The mind doesn't know what to do with that. Right. And and it can be very scary. Um, and, you know, mantis are like, when I see them, they're eight to ten feet tall. Mm-hmm. They have black eyes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so some people feel really intimidated by that for me i'm i'm like so glad you guys are here you yeah yeah yeah, um, totally so anyway but but my my wife had an experience once where she thinks it was a mantis because it didn't really show itself but she felt uh she felt that, like she kind of had a visual of what it could have been not clear and uh its finger she said it she could just since it had really long fingers and it was drawing or writing symbols on her back and and it told her don't look don't turn around because maybe you might be freaked out but um it's what it was like drawing she said she felt these long fingers drawing symbols on her back and uh and she feels that that was a mantis being not 
you know, being nice, scary. I mean, it's still scary. Just the fact that you have this long fingered being right well, on yeah. your back. That's terrifying. Yeah. Definitely. I hear lots of stories. Yeah. But, uh, but I guess if, she, I guess it was still probably an easier way to ease into the energy than if she had just turned around and oh, big yeah. mantis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Lucas, hop in there. Hey, yes. <clears throat> um, it, it sounds, I mean, obviously you've been having these connections for a very long time and it, I, I don't know if, that it's new to me in this time, but it really feels like so much is happening um, recently, energetically, like all these, anything that we haven't dealt with, all these things are being pushed to the surface and coming to the surface. So I, I just wanted to get your perspective on uh, the changes that we're experiencing collectively and any advice that the beings you're working with might have for us. Um, you know, I can speak personally, it feels like a lot of challenges have really uh, come to the surface. And um, I'd be interested in what they to share. Well, yes. <laughs> and a lot of our stuff is being cleared out. Is, you know, yes, many people are having challenges for sure. And, and so it is about continuing to clear out um, things from this life, other lifetimes, other lifetimes of star beings. We've all been star beings in another lifetime. And so to bring us to a place where we can be, um, live more from our hearts and our souls and to allow our souls to express through us in a way that I think, um, people can have a challenging time doing, you know, when they have eight to five jobs or um, they're stuck in a certain position or whatever. They're not listening to their soul. They're just doing what they do then to make money and whatever else. So this is a time we really need to be listening to our hearts and our souls doing doing what we feel we're here to do, what what brings us joy um, and passion and to really be paying attention to that because that, you know, that brings us into us being authentic. You know, who we are, what what we're here to do. And so, but yeah, I talked to many people um you know, who have, who are having challenges. I've certainly had mine. Um, so I, we're all doing this and it's like the star beings are waiting for humanity to grow up. And mm. so they only can do so much. So I, I do think there is still, unfortunately, like dark duality stuff going on, but but I try and just be in my heart and live my life and not get caught in all of that. And all the, um, you know, I want to say media stuff, um, which to me is 
not true anyway. But I think it's just about us learning whatever challenge we go through to come back, be quiet, be in our heart, listen to our higher self, our soul, as to what is best for us. That makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and to love ourselves, you know, to love ourselves and honor where we're at. And everyone is in their own personal evolutionary process. You know, I feel like you mentioned grounding being earlier. That was when you were talking about connecting with animals. But it, it seems like staying grounded and connected is yes. a big deal. Yeah, I've had to ground a lot more. With all that's going on, I'm an empath. <laughs> so I find myself like feeling what's going on in the world. And sometimes that can be hard to separate out, you know, what's mine, what's not. And to just sit down and go breathe and ground and say, okay, what does this feel like? Is this, is this mine or is it not? I always put myself in a bubble of the Christ light too, whatever you want to call it, um, just to have that shield <clears throat> during this time. So you're, yeah. you're seeing that too, a pretty intense um, <clears throat> purification that we're collectively going through. Yes, definitely. Oh, yes. A... Look at that guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, David. What do you have to say? <laughs> you got things to say, Maisel? Maybe someday you humans will catch up to us. <laughs> All right. He's like, mm, there's some good, good nibbles in those in that nose. Um, let's, uh, Mark, you got a question. Hi, Jacqueline. Um, Thanks for all the information you've been sharing. Um, I was curious when I first started channeling, I I did kind of feel like a draw towards a mantis being. And and I asked the name and it said Khan, but I didn't know if Khan was, it was because that was the only mantis being named that I knew because of uh, Ruben's show. Um, and or maybe that was why I connected to him was because I was aware of him because of Ruben's show. And then, but I haven't connected with uh, anything that think there seems to come as a mantis being. And later on, I had uh, I had three other channelers tell me that I had a Palladian connection, and which drew me out to Mount Shasta for a while. Um, and uh, but since then, I haven't been really feeling a draw towards them or the mantis being. And uh, but I was wondering if you had any sense on that because the mantis it, and I, I'm. What I'm feeling is that the mantis being was is kind of like, and what what I've seen on Ruben's show though is that they're more like kind of higher level and kind of overseeing stuff and like like they were perhaps um, helping to manage my connections with the Palladians possibly. But I was wondering if you had any yeah energy that, knowings. Yeah, that can happen like kind of an introduction. From the mantis to the Pleiadian. So um, what you can do is just really, again, begin your heart. It, you can invite, um, you can put out energy to invite your star family to you. 
you know, I, again, I always specify I attract the most highly evolved light being. And you can see who shows up and put it out and say, I attract, well, we, we can have many star families. We have an original star family and I, and, um, I work with folks getting connected with that. But what you can do is you can just ask, um, maybe for what you're ready for next. Who is the next star being that's appropriate for you to connect with and communicate with? I think that's what I would do. Because I, when I first started, um, my star or origin is called Quabar. I mean, this goes back when my soul first sparked out from the creator. It's called Quabar, which is a collective and they are in a seventh universe from, from earth and they're totally etheric. They've ascended. So, so that's my star origin, but I've, I've been all these other star beings beyond. And so have you. So you can invite, um, I communicated with Quabar for years and years. And then I started meeting all these other star beings. So there's like a, a, um, progression of what you're ready for. Does that make sense? So I would yeah. invite in what, what group would be, um, wonderful for you to communicate with now right yeah because my because i also go to where like um you know we are there's a lot of other other teachings that i subscribe to you know focus a lot on on we're just source we are everything and everyone and right, right. and so so like like you said, all star families, all star beings. And so I think it's it's more about, you know, in this particular lifetime, what aspects of our past selves or what aspects of source in general do we want to resonate with for the types of experiences that we want to have um in this lifetime and or just in the next moment. Right. Um, yes. No, yeah, I totally agree with that. Cool. Um, I actually, I'm glad you brought up the Quabar because I was, I was going to uh, ask about them. You had mentioned them in the first interview, which I totally missed and I skipped over, and I'm, and I'm, uh, uh, I'm like, wait, those who are the Quabar beings, you know? And what, what? Because you did mention it really quickly in the first interview, and then I just, again, it was, um, so, so. Are they are they humanoid like humans or what's what what do they look like? They um they're they're basically energy. Okay. When they first came to me, they appeared kind of humanoid looking because that's what I was ready for. Like this was a long time ago when they came to me. Mm -hmm. And um and they said, You are from us. And so, um, they're a collective. They're all about love and light. Um, totally enjoy. Um, they like to laugh. A lot of these things actually, they all have a great sense. So, and which, which means you probably have a great sense of you. <laughs> if that's your origin. Yeah. <laughs> so, where are they? They're like, talk about being the seventh. 
we're the seventh universe out from this universe. Seventh so, universe out. Mm. Yeah, that's how okay. they talk about themselves. And so that they did go through their own evolutionary process of being not dense like we are, <laughs> but, but they were more um, semi quasi physical. Sure. And then they evolved just in the light. They're light, light beings now. And so, um, so they're like my key energy, my star energy that my soul chose to have. Um, and that thread carries through all my lifetimes. And mm. that's, that's what I refer to as a star origin because that thread runs through all life. It is like a part of the soul. And that makes sense. Yeah. And you were, so what you were kind of saying to Mark was a lot of times we, you know, Treb for, for Rob is kind of like his main go-to guy. And then from there he can go and connect with artists and other right. different beings. Yeah. And right. so we kind of find that one being that we really resonate with or, or collective or whatever uh, group. And then we sort of use that, that as a doorway to give it, walk us into the other beings and, or introduce, introduce us to other right. beings. Yeah. These other beings started coming to me and I'm going like, this is interesting. And I didn't use it. <laughs> right, right. And so I trust Quaybar and mm -hmm. I like to test things because I don't want anybody shuffling up. And, right, right. But, um, so I am not, I mean, I've communicated with probably well over 80 different races. Um, gotcha. And, and I love it. It's just natural for me to be able to speak their star languages. And it, it, again, we're, we're all one and source. I mean, absolutely. Uh, one more question from Melinda. Go ahead. Hi, Jacqueline. It's good to connect. Hi, Melinda. Um, so after I saw your episode, I had kind of a dance party with um, Samantha's being. So I wonder if that's like a theme, if they just really like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, they are, you know, again, they're very creative beings. And um, they're not so different from us. A lot of people forget that, um, or maybe aren't aware of it, but you know, these star beings, they have their families and they are very creative. They have their artists. I've seen their art. It's phenomenal of different beings. They have their poetry. They have their own dances. They have their own songs. They have their own music, which I, I love because I get to hear it. Clairvoyant, you know, clairvoyant, you know, or sentient. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, definitely. They love the dance. Do more. They're saying do more. Do more. Do more dancing. Do more dancing with them. That's my style. Not human dancing. Mantis dancing. There you go. There you go. Definitely. <laughs> your homework, Belinda. We want we want video proof uh, on the chat board, please, of your uh, of your dancing. Lucas, if you have a quick question, jump in, and then we're gonna we'll go into some of the other stuff. Working with 80 different um, 
ET groups is is mind blowing. That's amazing. I was curious if any of those were part of the Draconian Empire and the reptilian sphere, if you've had any connection with, with any of those groups? Yes. And, um, you know, a lot of people think there's, they're all negative, but I've met very, very positive um, reptilians. So, um, yeah, I think that's important, important to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been fascinating. Like since Treb, there's been a whole circle of connecting with that. And there's this a lot of mind bending stuff, but that's interesting. And, and, uh, I guess reassuring that you're connecting in that, um, and those circles as well. Yeah. Jacqueline, we have, uh, um, on, I don't know if you're familiar with Rob Gothier and in his work, he, he channels benevolent reptilian Treb who we've had on the show and, uh, so we're trying to retell the story that not all reptilians are bad, that there's good ones right. there. And, right. and, uh, um, and I think most of the, our audience understands that, but, um, yeah, there's a, there is that collective, um, story that's being perpetuated that reptilians are evil and there's probably some not so nice ones out there, but that's with any race, that's with any group, any people, it doesn't, Our it's not localized going to say there's always that full spectrum right mm-hmm. i mean we oh. have mother Teresa, and you know who knows who and then at the other end we have rapists and murder. yeah absolutely always a full spectrum all right so i'd love to do the light language but just one last question uh in regard to because i know you, you connect to so many different beings and realms um how about have you connected to our elementals our fairies in in those realms Every day, yeah. Every I, day. Um, yeah, I, I try and walk at this park every day. And every day, there's just one particular kind of bush tree. And I hear the fairies laughing every day when I go there. And I I love the fairies. I honor them. I respect them. They do so much for us here on Earth. They work with the trees. They work with plants, the flowers. And so I always like to thank them for all the awesome work that they are doing here. I have visited that realm. It is amazing. I never want to leave. Um, <laughs> there are unicorns there. There are gnomes. There are, um, you know, these incredible beings. And that's all these intense, bright neon colors. Mm. And it's just fun. Total fun. Are they, um, are they, I'm sure they're obviously helping with the shift and are they, uh, is there anything different than say the past few years of the connections with those realms and your connections or as a collective, I mean, how do they, how are they experiencing the shift? Well, you know, they're working from a different place, (laughs) but from a different realm, but, um, it's, it's, we're challenging, we're challenging for them in the sense of all the pollution. Yeah. You know, yeah. The trees, I mean, the trees work hard. Um, they're incredible beings work hard to support us here on earth. Um, so we have oxygen and everything. And, and so, but it's, um, more challenging just mm-hmm. because of the state of things. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, well, hopefully we can do our part as uh, uh, aware individuals in our uh, communities and our uh, homes to make it, a, uh, you know, to help nourish them so we can kind of give and take and help them out with their work, which in turn will sustain us as humans right? uh, in this in this world. So um, that's a big theme we're uh, talking about on on the um on our members page is uh, home gardening and connecting in with oh. the plant and animal kingdom in our, in our backyards. Oh, great. What we can do to help usher in, uh, or like you said, make their, make their life a little bit, their jobs a little bit easier. Well, uh, how about some in closing, um, uh, light language? Okay, hey, great. We'll see who wants to come through today. Shakari ita kariyama kariye no kuri ya shikua nakariye na kara kuri ita na kariki ya ya ta ora moko otari tisya nakariya nata sute shikiki amana koratari na kariye ta wakariki te kukuwa na te shuda kure te ina kute wakari うまさりてでからたな。しゅくらなやまだだやな。どいないや。うやおぶやなかいやまだだやまなかいや。うわたりやなこれや。うわかりやこれやたかたい。たまこりん。しゅくれいた。うだかたいやなかしゃ。し
But uh, yeah, super grateful that you're able to come on and give us an update and blessed with the language and just you're going deeper into your journey. I feel like we could talk for <laughs> 20 more episodes. So much to talk about. Well, this has been great fun. Um, I love being able to share all of this. And if, I mean, people are interested, you can purchase my new book at Amazon or my yeah. site and they can go to my light language store and my star music and there's free light language download and info about all my consults. So very, very cool. Yes, definitely check, check out Jacqueline stuff guys. And it sounds like you have, well, we have a few of the groupies here. I'm sure we'll, we'll reconnect and, and keep us posted on uh, what you're doing. I'll be tuning in more often now that we have this virtual uh, platform to, to do this anywhere in in the world. So I'm super grateful right. for you coming on and, and sharing with everybody. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. It was great seeing you again. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys, see you next week. Um, I'm gonna be announcing a couple uh, couple more classes. I've uh, got my crypto class, so I'll put a date for that. And then also uh, some more um, frequency and time travel explanations. I'll be doing some some stuff on that too later. So see you guys next week. Until then. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Thanks, Thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you like this interview. We actually do this every week on my membership portal page. And you can access it through interviewwithed.org or uh, click on the link uh, somewhere in here. I'll put a link and uh, come over and join us. You too can ask questions. Every week we have new special guests and you get to ask questions directly to the channelers and to the beans that they channel. So see you in the portal. Thank you.